so we continue to ask, to seek, to knock. But we also, you know, have to realize that, you know, it is God who will give us his strength. God who will answer our prayers, as you said, Father James, too, in his time. And it goes back to something, you know, I said just a little bit ago. What parent doesn't say no to their child? God knows when no is the best answer to a prayer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God says no. So an example of that would be in the Diocese of Davenport. We have a feast day for the dedication of Sacred Heart Cathedral. For us, when you say an octave day, it means that we continue the celebration out for, for seven more days. Good evening and welcome. I'm Tony Miller with KCDM. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Pastor's Perspective. The weather has turned colder and talk of frost is in the air. The farmers are all frantically trying to gather the fruits of their labors and everyone is working on their Halloween costumes and thinking of full-size candy bars. Meanwhile, we are in the 28th week of Ordinary Time and we'll be previewing the Gospel of Luke for the 29th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Respect for Life Month continues throughout October, and the holidays will be upon us sooner than you think. I'd like to welcome the priests and the posse tonight, Father James. Hello, everyone. Father Marty. Hello, everybody, and Santa, stay in your own lane. <laughs> <laughs> and Father Dennis. Hello, everybody. All right, I'm glad everybody's here. Father Mike is under the weather tonight, so he... He wishes he could be here to uh, dazzle us, but uh, he's. Uh, we'll have to hope he shows up next week. Who are we going to pick on tonight? I, I thought <laughs> I thought we agreed, Father Dennis. Oh, okay, good. All right. Okay. All right. Just a heads up there, Father Dennis. No problem. No problem. All right. In news and notes tonight, Father Marty. When we air this, uh, we will have already kicked off the Upon This Rock campaign uh, last weekend at masses. Uh, have you heard any feedback or are you getting any response or anything on the campaign? Well, we, we got um, response from the silent phase of the campaign and there were um, some donors in the parish that have already been approached and we're off to a very, very good start. But it's going to take all of us working together to sacrifice, to take that leap of faith and show gratitude um, back to God for what he has given to us. So no report yet, but I'll keep you posted. And what is the goal of the campaign? The goal for Divine Mercy Parish, well, for the diocese, it's $28 million. Okay. So our share here at Divine Mercy Parish is $1.52 million. And St. Mary's in Dodgeville is 130000 So um, I know that there's another parish that's right at $1.6 million. That was their goal. So I'm not sure where we fit in the diocesan-wide there, but... Um, We'll find out. We can let you know that where we're at. 
we could be number two or we could be number three. Nothing okay. wrong with that. Okay. And we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll probably do updates here as the campaign goes on, um, mm-hmm. on, on this show. Um, and then uh, Michael Patan, uh, the Engage in Cajun, is scheduled for the parish mission on the 17th through the 19th. That's right. We're getting excited for that. And I can tell you, um, we can give you the menu tonight. Kind of excited about this. So um, on Monday night, the KCs will be preparing spaghetti. So we got to have salad and garlic bread, I'm guessing, with that. Uh, Tuesday night, the Notre Dame PTO is going to have a variety of soup and peanut butter and sandwiches and bread and butter. Okay. And Wednesday night, the Aldrin Rosary is doing pork loin. Ooh. So um, we're kind of excited about that, Father Dennis. Oh, yes. So, um, is the spaghetti going to be meatballs or meat sauce? I'm guessing meat sauce. Okay. All right. It's a specialty sauce. It's homemade. Homemade. Whoa. That must be a big kitchen in that home. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> no, we're looking forward to it. Um, the topics of, of the night will be broken or bless broken since. And just really looking forward um, to the to the mission, and and it's my hope that many people will come out and support it. Very good. There you are, folks. Come out and support the uh, the parish mission. It's going to be a good time. And uh, Father Marty, you're going to be uh, absent next week. Is that I am, and I I know this might surprise a lot of people. And I know somebody sitting to my left is going to laugh at this when I say this. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it is a silent retreat. <laughs> he tells me that every year, and I get at least one text or phone call. <laughs> well, if I text you, I'm not talking. <laughs> I say that's talking. <laughs> but I'm going back to Mundelein um, for that, and um, we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time down by the lake, I hope, and um, a few other things, and just spending time with the Lord. So please pray that the Lord will speak to my heart during that time. Tony, I'll buy you dinner if he doesn't call me once during those five days. Well, can you talk to people while you're down by the lake? No. It's a no, silent, silent retreat. retreat. The it's only time you can talk is uh, mass and, mass your, spiritual and your spiritual director. But what's fun is when you get there for dinner, because there's um, a couple guys there that like to talk to you about what's going on in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and that usually gets a little lively. So I just sit there going... <laughs> and just take it all in. <laughs> Silently reflect on it, huh? That's right. All right. Well, uh, you know what? We need to do an opening prayer first, don't we? Yes, we do. Well, Father Marty, let's have an opening prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And this is a prayer entitled Complete Trust in God. It's the prayer of St. Francis de Sales. Do not look forward to the trials and crosses of this life with dread and fear. Rather, look to them with full confidence that as they arise, God, to whom you belong, will deliver you from them. He has guided and guarded you thus far in life. Do you but hold fast to his dear hand, and he will lead you safely through all trials. Whenever you cannot stand, he will carry you lovingly in his arms. Do not look forward to what may happen tomorrow. The same Eternal Father who cares for you today will take good care of you tomorrow and every day of your life. Either he will shield you from suffering or he will give you the unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace then and put aside all useless thoughts, vain dreads, and anxious imaginations through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you, Father Marty. You're very welcome. Good as usual. Uh, tonight, the posse will discuss Luke's gospel for the 29th Sunday of Ordinary Time, and that is chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Uh, in this reading, Jesus tells a parable of a pesky widow who seeks justice. Father Dennis, I believe you have our reading tonight. Yes, sir. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, There was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And the widow in that town used to come to him and say, Render a just decision for me against my adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but uh, eventually he thought, while it is true that uh, I neither fear God nor respect any human being, because this widow keeps bothering me, I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, Pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you, he will see to it that uh, justice is done for them speedily. But uh, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father Dennis. Well, and there it is again, faith. The gospel ends up with faith. Would the Son of Man find faith if he came to earth today or on earth today? I think he would. I mean, I'm not sure it would be at the level that he might want, you know. Um, you know, but I think, I think all of us, you know, at one time or another, you know, our faith isn't a straight line. Mm -hmm. You know, we have valleys and we have peaks. But what we try to do during the year is 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 follow the Lord and where He's going to take us, and and like I said, you know He's going to find faith. Sometimes it's a little bit weaker than others. Sometimes it's stronger than others. It's like prayer. You know, we have those dry days. Maybe we have dry seasons, but we also have a time where it just seems like the Lord just continues to speak to us, speak to us, speak to us, and it's a very rich, rich time. Yes, I think he's going to find faith on earth. The question is, is he going to find it maybe as strong as we as we think it can be? And it, and will it like was it last week's gospel that we had he talked about the with the faith of a mustard seed? That was two weeks. That's ago. two weeks ago. Okay, right. that's right. But, but you know, but the other thing too is you know we had the ten lovers last week, and they had to approach Jesus in faith. Mm -hmm. Because faith and healing go together. For me, it does. Yeah. 
I guess for me, when I think of the lepers, I think of their ostracized. They're just looking for anything to get to get healed, to get back into the community. So mm-hmm. they may may or may not have had faith. Like when I think of like us in the world, like you just think of you know, United States just in history. You know how far you know because the country was founded with kind of Christian ideals. Mm-hmm. You know? And as you look now more and more, the faith, I would say, of the United States is waning greatly. Mm-hmm. You know, you think back in the day, you know, churches were packed to the brims. And now anymore, not only in the Catholic Church, but in a lot of churches, there's less and less people. And people are now turning to those, to those sports, to the busyness of life. Their kids have lost their focus on Christ. Yeah. And I, I was listening to uh, EWTN and they had a speaker on that was talking about she thought that 1963 is when things started to go downhill in the United States. And 1963 was when the Supreme Court ruled that you couldn't have God and, and the Ten Commandments in the courtrooms and in the schools. And basically God was taken out of the schools. And she talked about a, a woman who was wearing a t-shirt and it had Columbine and Sandy Hook and all the, the school shooting sites in the last two years or what, five years, 10 years, whatever it was. And underneath it, it said, dear God, why do you let this happen in our schools? And on the back of the shirt, it said, I haven't been allowed in your schools since 1963. And, and I think the other thing too, I think it kind of goes to the, the gospel that we had today. Um, you know, we're taping this on the uh, Thursday of the 27th week of Ordinary Time. And it's that great teaching on prayer. You know, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And, and, and I said, you know, a lot of times we approach prayer, faith, as it's Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Where if I'm good, I'm going to get what I want. You know, but then if it doesn't go the way that I want, then, you know, faith wavers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm going to go a little bit personal here. And, um, you know, that, you know, I, I talked to a, a family member of mine and, and I said, how's your faith doing? And he goes, I'm not sure I have any. I'm really mad at God. <laughs> well, that tells me that you have faith. Okay. Because if you're mad at God, it tells me that you have faith enough that you're able to be honest enough with God. Oh, okay. We equate being mad at God that I don't have faith. Being mad at God is a bad thing. Right. I don't think it is. Because if it is, then I'm in trouble in the last 13 months. Because God and I have had it out a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I also, um, in addition to what they have said, especially during this time, I look at faith into into two ways. You find, for example, some people now, they are really, really strong in faith. They pray so much. They want guys really to intervene in what is happening in this world. So that uh, the challenges we face sometimes empower our faith. And uh, to the other way, some people, as Father James has said, Man, they don't care so much, but faith is there, and the people really, really are working hard to keep faith going. So the widow wears the judge down with her requests, um, and and I had a little trouble 
coming to grips or understanding the reading. So when that happens for me, I have to go back to the first reading because they say the first reading is always closely linked to the Gospels. During the battle with Amalek in the first reading, Moses needed the help of Aaron and Hur to keep his arms aloft to prevail until nightfall. And as long as he kept his arms up, they were winning the battle. But when he put his arms down, they, they would lose. So is the message here, if we let God help us, then we can prevail in our battles too? Hey, we got to understand patience. You know, God acts on his own time. But oftentimes for us, like especially in today's world, like you think of it, you know, it's not like the olden days where if you wanted to change the channel, you had to yell, yell at the kid, hey, go, go turn the <laughs> dial on the TV, you know. But now anymore, you know, you pull the pull whatever up you want on YouTube TV, YouTube, and like you get things instantly. You know, or it used to be, you know, you had to sit and watch commercials, which is a challenge for a lot of people watching Thursday Night Football now. Because it's on Amazon Prime, there is no way to skip commercials in that. <laughs> so you're stuck watching commercials Thursday night football. One of my pet peeves, commercials. And, and I think the other thing, too, is, you know, there's persistence there, too. Kind of what you were talking about, Father James, is that, you know, God wants us to be persistent in prayer. And so we continue to ask, to seek, to knock. But we also, you know, have to realize that, you know, it is God who will give us his strength God who will answer our prayers, as you said, Father James, too, in his time. Because I think there's two things when we talk about faith and prayer, is that first of all, God's time is not always our time. Mm-hmm. Okay? Second, and I'll get an example that I just thought of, and maybe it's just stupid. I'm guessing if your 12-year-old comes up to came up to you, Tony, and said, I want a new car, you know, <laughs> it's not time yet. Right. <laughs> You know, so God works in his own time. The second thing is, is that God knows what we need more than we do. Right. Yes. Because, I mean, if you took a poll of the Our Father, I read this a few years ago, so it might be updated now. But do you know what one line in the Our Father people want changed the most? As we forgive the trespasses. Nope. That's what I thought too. Thy will be done. Oh, okay. Because we want to change that word thy to Our my mind. will be done. <laughs> mm. yeah. I that. yeah, I think even as Father James has said, we are not so much patient. In many cases, you want to do a morning prayer, you do you put a petition of your needs, and you want God to respond in the afternoon. But <laughs> God has so many ways, and he's God. He can see even what you need even before you ask. But when do you need it, and how he will do it, and uh, under which circumstance, that depends on God. So you cannot force God to act according to what you, you, you want. I just think of last Saturday, I mean, there's Iowa State, they're lining up for game-time field goal. And I can only imagine the amount of prayers from Cyclone fans. <laughs> Let's make this field goal. We've already done two off the upright. Give me one in the middle. And they get upset because we miss a wide left. Because <laughs> we want God to act right now. Wasn't it extra wide left? A very wide left. <laughs> yeah, I think he hit it in the next county left. Yeah. yeah being, a, being a lifelong Iowa State fan, I'm used to that. So no, in the games, people really prayed and they want really quick responses. I remember one day I came in the room of one, play, one person. 
he was watching the game between uh, the Packers and the Bears, and he was like praying, oh, can we win? And can we win? But they lost. So it is like, was the prayer responded? Did God respond to his prayers? I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> I think you were out praying me that day. I think that's I think that's what it was. I think it's the new slides he's got. I, I would agree with slides. <laughs> Snazzy. Amen. You have bear slides. The woman being persistent with the judge, is God saying that that he wants us to be persistent in our prayers with him? Yes. yes. So so that's what that her persistence isn't a bad thing. No, no, but here, I think this is interesting. I, I, and this is one of those parts of Scripture that I think is funny. Okay? So this is the footnote for, for verse 18, or chapter 18, verse 5. Strike me. The Greek verb translated as strike means to strike under the eye and suggest the extreme situation to which the persistence of the widow might lead. It may, however, be used here in the much weaker sense of to wear one out. Okay. Yeah, uh, you, are, you are right, Tony. When you persist, even if you don't see immediate response, that is a sign of faith. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have faith in the person whom you are asking for help, you will be disappointed and you don't continue even to, to ask. But because you have faith in that person that at one time that person will respond, in this sense God will respond, that is also a sign of faith. The old adage of sometimes the answer is no uh, doesn't mean you should stop trying. Right. That eventually you'll get, you'll get a yes from God. The Lord says justice will be rendered speedily. And Father Marty, you've already alluded to God answers your, your prayers in his own time. Explain to those who have been praying for a long time, but their prayers don't seem to get answered. How do we reconcile that? Listen to the Garth Brooks song, Unanswered Prayers. <laughs> don't know that one. You don't know Garth Brooks? I know Garth Brooks, oh, but I don't, know that, I don't know that song. Oh, you missed a lot. You don't know it? Mm -mm. Father Dennis, do you know it? Oh, yeah. Well, sing me a verse. No way. <laughs> 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 I wanted to tease the Tommy because he was saying, Oh, Father, I don't know this. You don't know America. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, it's it's it comes down. Um, it's called the, unanswered prayers. Mm -hmm. Unanswered prayers. Okay, but we maybe, I'll, maybe I'll look it up and include it well, in the we show. We play it, but unfortunately, you know, we don't want to get this copyrighted and kicked off the air. Yeah. It can't be copyrighted on the radio. <laughs> it can't on Facebook Live. That's true. We found that out. But but I think too is that I think sometimes and, and Hebrews says this. And it goes back to something, you know, I said just a little bit ago. What parent doesn't say no to their child? God knows when no is the best answer to a prayer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God says no. And I'm, I'm starting to get used to that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he says yes, yeah, quite a bit more than he says no, though, I think. Yeah. But that goes back to God knows what's best for us. Mm-hmm. I would say start saying yes more and conform our will closer to his will. Amen. So oftentimes, you know, when somebody's struggling with, well, God always tells me no. Well, when's the last time we've gone to confession? Like, when's the last time that we've kind of reoriented, kind of turned our life, you know, our focus back on him? Or are we praying to God for the things that I want? Mm -hmm. What do I want to do in my life? Instead of 
God, help me to follow your will in my life wherever it leads me today. Yeah, the 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 Jesus take the wheel, uh, Carrie Underwood. In that there Carrie you go. See, yeah. Jesus take the wheel Jesus song. Jesus take the wheel. Um, and that. <laughs> I want to apologize to our listeners for that last ten <laughs> seconds there. <laughs> but but that's a that's a good song because if you do set your will aside and allow God's will to work in your life. Mm-hmm. And and the other example that I use too, because I get asked this a lot, is. You know, can you pray for my children to come back to church? I've been praying, praying, praying. And what I do is have them, have them pray for the intercession of St. Monica, you know, who prayed over 30 years, you know, for the conversion of her husband and son. So as the, as the gospel comes to an end, I'm just going to throw this out there. We're all thinking it. What is the judge saying? Well, I mean, what should we key upon here? Father Marty, you already talked about the the line where it ends before she strikes me. What is the judge saying? Is that is he giving up? Is he just giving in, or what? What's the message here? I, I think the message is is for those who are faithful, God will hear the prayer, and God will give what we need justly, according to His will. Yes, very good. Well, that is a good place to stop the uh, discussion on the gospel. I think. Uh, If you are just tuning in, we are talking with uh, Father Dennis, Father Marty, and Father James, and getting their perspectives on the uh, gospel, and uh, we'll be talking about Holy Days, to name a few things here to come. Thanks for tuning in. We're very happy you're here. Uh, If you're liking what you hear, tell someone about it, and uh, have them tune in and and pick up the show, and maybe go back and listen to some of the older episodes. I didn't realize, but we've we're, we're almost coming up on a year anniversary here. Did you realize that? Wow. Holy cow. We're yeah. going to need cake. Yes. That's right. And ice cream. Well, you don't even eat cake and ice yeah, cream. Yeah, you don't eat any of it. You're sweet enough as it is. I am. <laughs> so why do you want cake and ice cream then? For the day. Oh, okay. For the day. It, so will it be a solemnity, feast, memorial, or an optional memorial? You never know. Okay. <laughs> It'll be a day of penance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the second half of the, this week's show, uh, we will uh, continue our discussion and see what Holy Days of Obligation are all about and try to figure out how they came to be and how the church manages them throughout the year. Um, Father James, let's kick it off since you're our, uh, our canon lawyer for the show. Um, what, does the, what does the canon law say about Holy Days? We got all sorts of different ones. We do. So let me pick my favorite one. Okay. All right, 1244, the very first one. Not 1245? Or 1246. We're going with 1244. I don't know this one. It is only for the supreme ecclesiastical authority to establish, transfer, and suppress feast days and days of penance common to the universal church without prejudice to the prescripts of Canon 1246, Section 2, which we'll get to in a minute. The second part of this same canon says, Diocesan bishops can decree special feast days or days of penance for their diocese or places, but only in individual instances. So an example of that would be in the Diocese of Davenport, we have a feast day for the dedication of the Sacred Heart Cathedral. Just as the Archdiocese of Dubuque would have one on the proper day for the dedication of the Cathedral of St. Raphael. Another one that we would have in this diocese would be when Bishop Zinkler was consecrated and installed as a bishop 
here in the diocese, and that would be in the month of June. 22nd. That's my wedding anniversary. Hey, what do you know? Wow. Interesting. Pretty fancy. What's the purpose of Holy Days of Obligation? What's the purpose of solemnities and feasts and memorials? Have they always been a part of the church? I've got this one. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, I found it online, so I'm kind of excited about this. The church punctuates the liturgical year by celebrating various events important to the mystery of our salvation. So during the course of the liturgical year, the church celebrates the whole mystery of Christ from his incarnation and birth to his ascension to Pentecost and the founding of the church and finally to the second coming of Christ in judgment on the solemnity of Christ the King. On Sundays in particular, we commemorate the resurrection when our Lord triumphed over sin and death. In a special way, the church also honors our Blessed Mother, marking those special events of her participation in the mystery of salvation. Finally, the church also commemorates the memorial days of saints who through their lives bring to the minds of the faithful the call to holiness. Saints' days are celebrated with few exceptions on the date of the saint's death, their birth into eternal life. Interesting. So it's a it's a celebration of all the highlights of the the church year itself, or it's, the, the the church in general. It's how we make it's how we mark time. It's so we put sacred on the time. Oh, okay. And it helps spice up ordinary time too. Well, they don't only fall in ordinary time; yeah. they also fall in Lent, Lent Advent, Easter, yeah, Christmas season. Interesting. Yeah. See, I learned something. There we go. There we go. That's what mm. this is all about. <laughs> mm. So, Father Marty, what does the catechism say about holy days? So, um, I'll start here. It's 2177 for me. The Sunday celebration of the Lord's Day and His Eucharist is at the heart of the church's life. So, Sunday is the day on which the Paschal Mystery is celebrated in light of the apostolic tradition, and it is to be observed as the foremost holy day of obligation in the universal church. Um, also to be observed are the day of the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Epiphany, the Ascension, the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God, her Immaculate Conception, her Assumption, the Feast of St. Joseph, the Feast of the Apostles, Saints Peter and Paul, and the Feast of All Saints. Yeah, you're reading Canon 1246. Yeah, the footnote here says uh, 1246, mm-hmm. paragraph 2. Section 1. Because <laughs> paragraph 2 is... Oh, okay. With the prior approval of the Apostolic See, however, the Conference of Bishops can suppress some of the holy days of obligations or transfer them to a Sunday. You would think the person who wrote the Code of Canon Law might have also had something to do with the Catechism. Probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which came first between the Canon Law and the Catechism? The chicken. Solemnities, feast days, Memorials. And optional memorials. Put them in order from highest importance to lowest importance for us. And are there more observances, like optional memorials? That's a thing? Yeah, so the pecking order would be solemnities. Okay. Number one, numero uno. Next up is going to be feasts. Next up after that is going to be obligatory memorials. The next one up after that is going to be optional memorials. The next one up that after that is just going to be the regular day. Yep. So in order to tell how something is a solemnity versus like let's say a feast, so a solemnity, you're going to say the creed. 
in addition to the Gloria. If it's only a feast, you're going to be saying the Gloria and no creed. If it's a memorial or lower, there's no Gloria, there's no creed. So it's kind of like a pecking order, a bit like a progressiveness mm-hmm. to the highest, you know, for the solemnity. Mm-hmm. You're doing a creed, you're doing a Gloria. Feast, you're getting close, but you're not there yet. So you get a Gloria, obligatory memorial or optional memorial or just a regular good old day in ordinary time. It's going to be short and quick. No Gloria. So it, it does actually change mm-hmm. the progression of the Mass. Correct. As correct. you go through it. Oh, Usually interesting. And solemnities have two readings. Yes. And the other thing, and, and this is interesting too, because it says that um, each solemnity begins on the prior evening with first vespers. And several of the solemnities have their own vigil mass. So what would what what do you mean by first vespers? What would that be for the common? The so it would be like evening prayer ones, would be the night before. So we pray first vespers. And so I'm just going to, just because I'm thinking about it, the solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul. So on the 28th day of June in the evening, we would pray the Vespers in anticipation of celebrating the feast day of Peter and Paul the next day. Okay. So, um, and that's also another one that has its own vigil mass. So I don't know if all saints does, but I know Peter and Paul does. I know John, the birth of John the Baptist does. Christmas does, of course. Um, Easter does, of course, and, and a few others. But um, so it's Christmas gives you a lot of options. <laughs> you got about five of them there. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay, so what makes a solemnity well solemn? How do you determine a solemnity? It's a principal feast in the liturgical calendar, and they're going to commemorate a, a, an event in the life of Jesus, Mary. Or the saints. So, um, using a sports analogy, okay, um, this would be our U.S. Open, our our big events, Final Four, things like that. Okay, okay, be the World Series, right? Okay, and then a, and then a feast days that they're, they're number two. Where does the name feast day come from? Does that have anything to do with eating or festivals or? Feasting, eating, or what? Where does the feast day come from? Well, you don't want to be in a famine, so let's have a feast. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know where it comes from. Yeah, yeah, it was just called a feast day, just because it's 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 not as big as a solemnity, but it's also a little bit more important. So, an example of a feast would be the exaltation of the Holy Cross. Okay. Okay. Because uh, there's a few feast days throughout the year. Um, especially in the life of Christ, that will bump the Sunday. So exaltation of the Holy Cross, presentation of the Lord, um, will bump the Sunday. Okay. So it's usually in the life of Christ, something, an event that might have happened or something that we celebrate. Okay. And then memorials are just that. We're remembering saints and, and well, not necessarily even saints, but... Uh, significant figures in the church, primarily uh, saints, and and then there's I've heard some saints referred to as doctors of the church. What and there's only like a handful of those, aren't there? Only half a dozen or nine or something like that. Doctors of the church. Well, it all depends because you have the Eastern doctors, the Western doctors, the women doctors, 
it's basically somebody who has made a significant academic um, yeah. What, what's that, Father Vincent? Contribution. Thank you. That's a good word. Contribution to the church. So Augustine, Ambrose, Jerome. Okay. Okay. Jerome. That's a special one to me. That's my middle name. There you go. Hey. <laughs> Can any of these previous, the solemnities, feast days, memorial days, be holy days of obligation? No, there's only, in, in the United States, there's only six, mm-hmm. five. So a feast day or a memorial can't be a holy day of obligation. No. It's got to be a solemnity. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. So that would be Mother of God on January 1st. Mm-hmm. The, well, the Ascension got moved to Sunday, unless you're in certain parts of the country. Um, Assumption, All Saints, Immaculate Conception, and Christmas. And those can, like this year, the Ascension was moved to Sunday. It, it's that way every year. It's that way every year? Mm-hmm. Okay. In this diocese. But if you go like to the diocese of Omaha, Archdiocese of Omaha, um, Boston, uh, New York. I don't think Wichita's in there, but I could okay. be wrong. Um, you can, uh, they, they kept it on Thursday. I prefer Thursday myself, but that's my opinion. I told Father James what I wanted to say last night. He said that'd be a bold move, Cotton, so I'm not going to make that bold move. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what it was, so let's hear it. You ready? All right. We can get into a little bit of a discussion on this. All right, here we go. If Bishop Zinkel is listening, I apologize, but I really feel that the bishops have messed up our holy days. All right. Because, okay, first of all, so let's take, let's take Ascension. Well, we're going to move it to Sunday. So we don't have to come to church on Thursday. Okay. All right. So let's say um, Mary, Mother of God, January 1st, or Assumption, or All Saints, or Immaculate Conception. Let's say that falls on a Saturday or a Monday. Mm -hmm. Oh, no obligation there. So the only time we celebrate those days as an obligation uh, to come to Mass are on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And that was or that, Sunday, and that was one of my next question was why do some observ- some obligations get moved or transferred to Sunday? So it is only on Saturdays and Sundays that that happens. Saturdays, well, with the, Saturdays and Mondays, it's not an obligation to attend, right? But if if the next year it falls on a Tuesday through Friday then it would be a holy day of obligation Correct. and attendance would be required. Correct. Yeah, in some situations, they uh, they put them on next to the following Sunday to make to help people. You know, Sunday is the day of the Lord and the day where people can have enough time to come and attend. So it is put on a Sunday to give uh, an opportunity for people really to attend that solemnity, for example. In Tanzania, when do you celebrate the Ascension? On Sundays. Do you really? Yes. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that surprising to you? It is to me. Yeah. Because the other interesting thing, too, is because, you know, there's other days listed, too. You know, other examples of solemnities are St. Joseph, Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Friday after Corpus Christi, and the solemnity of St. Peter and Paul. But um, so like if you took um, uh, Epiphany in other parts of the country, they always celebrate it on January 6th and it becomes a solemnity, a uh, holy day. A holy day. Kind of like Corpus Christi's on that Thursday, especially in Rome. 
and uh, something else. I just went in and out of my head, so never mind. St. Joseph's Day, Corpus Christi, Peter and Paul. Because I read that um, there were 10 feast days in the Catholic Church until 1991, uh, and there are only six today, and the, the four that uh, are no longer holy days of obligation were what the ones you just mentioned, Epiphany, Corpus Christi, Solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul, and St. Joseph's Day uh, that are not kept in the United States. And interestingly enough, I read that in uh, Ireland, uh, the Irish don't celebrate St. Joseph's Day. Hmm. Why? They celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Okay. There are some wise people, those Irish. I doubt. Father Dennis will be moving out of the rectory. If you'd like to come and help Father Dennis pack, there were 700 divisions to eat. The first thing you can throw away of his are those packer slides. I have even a hat now for the packers. Well, I, and Father Marty, I would, I would think that... Um, I, I tend to agree with you that I would think it would be better not to abrogate or temporarily waive the obligation. Does that diminish or reduce the holy day for people? Or, or does it at least reduce the awareness of what the holy day is all about? I, I think it does. And, and, you know, it kind of goes back to what Father James said a little bit earlier, you know, is that we used to make, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story that on All Saints Day, when I was vocation director, I got a call from another priest. Um, we played golf on All Saints Day, November 1st, beautiful day. And he was telling me that when he was a kid, they got out of school on All Saints Day. Really? You know, they really celebrated it and everything. I think we've lost that sense, you know, like you said, of the sacred. Mm-hmm. And I think when we diminish down the holy days, we're just feeding into that. We're leaning into culture. Yeah. Instead of standing strong. Right. So do you think that's had an effect on the faith, the church in the long run? I don't know. I mean, when, it, yeah. when it's hard enough to get people to come on Sundays. Right. It's, it's hard to get them there during the week as well, too. And, and one of the things, and, and I probably shouldn't say this either, is I found it interesting <laughs> that... Um, for a long time, we had more masses on the holy days than we did on Sunday. Oh, to, to accommodate the people? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Right. You know, but I also think that, and I want to go back to an idea that you were talking about either yesterday or a couple days ago about what they did at Mundelein with progressive solemnity. Oh, yeah. At Mundelein, in order to help distinguish kind of the day... It's like if it was a normal day or, you know, obligatory memorial or optional memorial, you would have only had like two candles lit on the altar. If you get to a feast, there's going to be four candles. Okay. If you get to a solemnity, there's going to be six candles. So it's that idea of you start to see a difference. And it's not just kind of one of these things of like, well, here, here comes Father and his, his white chasm. What's he wearing white for today? Like, oh, I thought this was ordinary time. What's did Father just pick the wrong chasm out of the out of the closet? Like, is the green one at the dry cleaners, or what's going on? <laughs> so, so there's there's colors of your ch- your chasubles and your your vestments. Uh, the colors mean something. The colors are associated with. Oh yes, oh yes. For example, the red color. We 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 use the red color when there is, for example, a saint who was a mother, a mother. 
So that reflects the blood he shed for, 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 for Christ, for the church. And also, for example, some solemnities, uh, we use white color. So you can see the difference immediately. And we have also other colors, of course, like purple and also, which one? The green, yeah, green. And for ordinary town. Father's favorite pink. Hey, Rose. <laughs> Rose. You look good in that fuchsia shirt you're wearing tonight, Father James. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. So, like, like going on the, the colors, like, you know, you have red, you know, or Father James kind of said, you know, you the martyrs, but you also have, you know, Pentecost, Holy Spirit, like confirmation typically. Yeah. You have that descent of the Holy Spirit, that fire. Yeah. You, know, you have white, you know, not necessarily only for solemnities, but even like optional memorials, the Christmas season. The Easter season, you're going to be wearing white. Obviously, you have the purple for kind of those seasons of preparation, penance. Yeah, Advent, we're preparing for the Lord coming. Penance in the season of Lent. Last but not least, that green color, like that color of growth. Because when things oh, are green, okay. they, they're growing. You think of the grass and you think to yourself, holy smokes, why is it got to keep raining? I don't want to keep cutting the grass. That hasn't been a problem this summer. True. Very, <laughs> very true. Or like, you know, the corn, you know, it's green, growing tall. You know, now we're ready to get in there. It starts turning that brown color ready to be harvest. Well, green would probably, would, would that be the most popular color? It's the most or, used Most color. frequent color? Correct. Yeah, because it's usually for ordinary time. So after Christmas and after Easter, whenever we begin ordinary time, we use green and it is yeah, a couple of weeks. And I think this is important to mention, too, because after our two biggest solemnities, the week after our solemnities, it's in the octave of Christmas and the octave of Easter. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, those become solemnities. So we do the Gloria, wear the white. You know, it, it's big um, that way as well, too, because for us, when you say an octave day, it means that we continue the celebration out for, for seven more days. It's one of those, we're not like the, the Target or the retail world where, well, Christmas is here, time to pack her up, we're ready to go home. Like, mm -hmm. we're finally getting into the season, let's go. Let's keep those Christmas lights burning bright. Hobby Lobby has everything Christmas 50% off right now. Can you believe that? It's not even Halloween. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but but you've, you've, taught, you've, you've got into a, a a problem, not a problem, but a, a struggle that we face as priests because, you know, like Advent. So what happened, you know, when we get into Advent, the world is already celebrating Christmas. Mm -hmm. When we get to Christmas, the world's already looking forward to Valentine's Day. So for us, it's almost like we're, we're a salmon. We're swimming upstream a lot, you know, <laughs> and it's to get that to get people to think that, hey, you know, we're, we're not always following culture, but what we're trying to do is sanctify to make holy the time that God has given us. So, for example, this year, Christmas falls on a Sunday. We get a full Advent. We get all four weeks of Advent. It's kind of rough on the collections, though. <laughs> you lose but, a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> no. So we have the Christmas on Sunday, then. Yeah, but you're going to lose a regular Sunday. Oh, that's collection. right. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. That's, the, that's the accounting in me. Yeah. So I understand where you're coming from. There are way more saints than 365 days there are in a year. 
What what happens when there are more than one feasts or more than one memorial assigned to the same day? How how do you prioritize which one to celebrate during the mass and whether you have a gloria and a or not and and that kind of stuff? Anything that has a solemnity or a feast on it or a memorial <clears throat> is not going to have another day with it. Okay. That will be okay. that will stand alone. Right. Okay. The only time that you get that con- conundrum is like on a day like today. So we could have celebrated a weekday mass because it was an optional memorial of Saint Bruno and Blessed Mar- Marie Rose de Rocher. Okay. Or you could have celebrated the Thursday of the twenty seventh week in ordinary time. Right. So we had three choices. So which one did you do today? I did Bruno. I did Bruno. You did I did Bruno. Did, 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 did one. You said last night you were going to do Bruno. You were ready for Bruno. That was for the church there. Now, <laughs> now what do you got to get to St. Bruno, huh? You changed the, 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 the venue. <laughs> but in, in the, way that we, the way that I decide, I, there's a couple of things. Is, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, so like one of the ways that I decide is... Um, I like, I like to bring people's attention to the saints, even those maybe we haven't heard a lot about. So I like to do saints like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I look at is, so now today we have a lot of our daily mass goers. They bring one of three worship aids with them. They're either bringing the Magnificat, they give us this day, or um, the word among us. If only they would use the breaking bread book. That is true. It'd be a lot easier. <laughs> and I'll give you an example. Like today, like Bruno had the option of either a religious monk or a priest, pastor. So I set it up for a pastor. And then I go to look in the Magnificat. Well, they have it set for a monk. And so does the uh, the breaking bread. So I just went with, with that. So many options. Mm-hmm. Now, like tomorrow, we don't have an option. Yeah, but then you get like two different options. So for common or holy men for a monk, two different entrance and upon options. That's right. That's then, why you have to check the books. And then two different common or pastures yeah. options. So a lot of times the priest might be up there saying the entrance and upon by himself. Because <laughs> he's got one idea in his head. And Well, I know for a fact that when you're streaming and you have an option like that, <laughs> you always pick the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> so you put it up there and then go, no, that's not the one he's saying. Uh, We're getting pretty close to time here. Do each of you have a favorite Solemnity Feast Day Memorial? Do you have a favorite one or maybe two? Well, I guess my favorite saint, I would say, is Maximilian Colby. Hmm. Interesting. The willingness of him to, to step up and offer his life in the concentration camp. Okay. I love Pentecost. Okay. I love Christmas, Easter, St. Martin of Tours. Used to be a solemnity in this diocese. <laughs> <laughs> it was because of you. <laughs> it was because of Martin the Greater. I, I just like, I, I love celebrating All Saints Day too. And, and then we right after that, we do All Souls Day. Mm-hmm. So we pray for those, you know, who are with God in heaven. And we pray for those who are still in purgatory um, on their journey to heaven. I think yeah. for me, those are the those are the big ones. Yeah, for me, I like so much Easter. I really feel it 
in my heart and uh, also Corpus Christi mm-hmm. when we do processions and sing and with Jesus. Really, it is. It makes me really feel a, a, a strong joy in my heart. My friends here are laughing to me, so please. <laughs> and I know why they are laughing. So, in order to kick off the Eucharistic <laughs> revival year, we went up to the cathedral <laughs> for a mass. Well, so, with the mass, we we're going to take, we we're going to go on a Eucharistic <laughs> procession. So we're going to take Jesus out into the streets all the way down to St. Anthony's. Mm-hmm. So our first stop, right outside the cathedral doors. Bishop Zingio places the monstrance on the altar. The Holy Spirit was strong that day. The Holy Spirit knocked Jesus off the altar. <laughs> and thunk, he went down. So yeah. Father Marty very specifically told Father Dennis. Who was carrying the monstrance. Not at this point yet. Yeah, no, when he got it. Specifically told him, do not drop Jesus, otherwise I'm going to hit you with my cane. If by the prophet... <laughs> so, what happens? So Father Dennis is carrying the monstrance. We're going along pretty nicely, you know. The priests are following from behind, and we stop. Well, this kind of strange father we stopping here in the middle of the street, like this ain't right. And you kind of see the canopy go down a little bit, and you think to yourself, like, "Oh no, one of the knights is having like a heat stroke or something." Come to find out, somebody may or may not have dropped Jesus out of the monstrance and oh, no. Jesus. <laughs> and then that's when we got the famous night that said does anyone have any tape <laughs> I thought my line was better though go ahead and say your line I picked a bad day not to have any tape in my pockets <laughs> <laughs> so when we went on our procession I asked him if he had tape in his pocket <laughs> so, I, I, I think my uh, my favorite uh, feast day would probably be Corpus Christi as well yes. because that was the day that I received my first communion in our Good. parish, in the parish that I grew up in, that's when we did First Communions was Corpus Christi. And then my second favorite would probably be All Saints Day too, because we lost, uh, we lost my wife's mom the day before. And, well, no, it was, yeah, the day before. And we went to Mass and the Vigil Mass the night before, the day she passed away. So uh, All Saints Day. And All Souls Day has always been special to me. I just want to be in that number when the saints come marching in. <laughs> I thought you were a British fan, not a New Orleans Saint. He, <laughs> he doesn't know what team he is. It is also good to mention that there are so many saints who haven't even put in books. Or, but the world is full of so many saints to the point that uh, you cannot even fill them into these books. Capital S Saints and lowercase s Saints. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. There's too many to name. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good place. We are out of time. Father James, I believe you have a closing prayer for us. You betcha. I hope you do. In the name of the Father <laughs> and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh God, who called St. Bruno to serve <clears throat> you in solitude, grant through his intercession that amid the changes of this world, we may constantly look to you alone, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Our time is up. Uh, That show seemed to just zip right along, I thought. 
I wasn't sure we were going to get a whole hour out of it, but we uh, once again. I'm surprised we did without Father Phillips being here. Well, no, did what? Now, how do now how do we classify this episode? Is it like solemnity, feast, memorial, obligatory, optional, optional? I probably optional. Or just like a regular day. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it wasn't a solemnity because we didn't have Father Phillips with us, so we weren't on. We're down to three. I think we it was a feast. We weren't full throttle. Yeah, I think it was a feast. I, I let's go with feast. Okay. <laughs> All right, pastor's perspective for next week, which will be the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, We will continue the journey with Luke's gospel in chapter 18, and we will also be talking about heaven and hell. What are they? Are they real? How do I get there? Here's a hint. One is easy to get to, and one is a little harder. Tune in to find out which is which. Until next week, remember, live in Christ through his body, the church. Go forth and make disciples. If you are not actively practicing your Catholic faith, we invite you to come back to Mass. Consider this a personal invitation. Let Jesus help you with your battles in life. I'd like to thank the priest tonight, Father Dennis. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Father Marty. Have a good night, everybody. Father James. Thank you, Tony, for hosting us. We weren't sure you were going to get here, but you came at the last minute, so we're... we're, Well, I'm a busy man. I know that. (laughs) I'm crunching numbers. Good deal. So after learning more about holy days and our obligations related to them, I hope more people will look at them with a renewed sense of wonder and reverence and make the effort to attend Mass on those extra days. Feast on the gift God has given us in the church. I'd also like to thank the listeners for tuning in. Please join us again next week on the radio. Listen on the website at kcdmradio.org or go to tunein.com and listen to the podcast. Join us again next week. Thanks for listening and good night. KCDM would like to let everyone know that if you haven't had a chance to listen to Pastor's Perspective, The shows are posted on our website, kcdmradio.org, and you can hear Pastor's Perspective anytime you have time to listen to them. Drop into the website and give us a listen. You can hear Pastor's Perspective every evening at 9 o'clock after the rosary on KCDM. You can also pick up the show at 5 p.m. on Saturdays and 2 p.m. on Sundays. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 